0: You ready? Rock and roll. I'm paid about Oklahoma.
1: Texas so dog on me. Honey, I'm paid about Oklahoma. You know, Texas sold dog on me.
2: Welcome back to Sooner Born and Sooner Bred, a uh, podcast covering OU Athletics. Uh, we're a father and three sons. We have no insider information, just strong opinions. Guys, welcome back. Hey, y'all. Hey. So, everybody, how was y'all's week? This week was a little different. We actually got to see each other this weekend uh, for a, a wedding shower, and so uh, that was a nice change of pace, getting to see, see you, Shane.
3: Yeah, it's good seeing you guys. Good to be back in southern Oklahoma, back in the stomping grounds.
2: How was the trip back home?
3: Oh, you know, it's it's hot and long, and uh, I-44 is pretty boring. So, um, how, but,
2: who all came? Like, did you and just you and your wife, or was it like the whole crew with you?
3: Well, we had we had the the daughter's here right now, my, my daughter Anna, and then her fiance from Kentucky was in and um, and then my middle son and his wife, they were here from from Springfield, Missouri. So so almost all our kids are home. So it was did, kinda cool to have everybody.
2: Y'all all travel in just one vehicle down or do y'all take multiple?
3: No, everybody everybody came in different ones. We had uh we had to drop uh Fisher off at the airport. Ah. On our way back so we we dropped him in oklahoma city and then back up here to green country Ah,
0: so. what's the weather like up there now
3: uh not much different than it is down there you know like 106 with a heat index of 115 something like that so
2: good um, good you can suffer with us
3: yep. yeah
2: yeah all right well we'll get started on this week uh, first topic i want to throw out there to you guys is uh if you've seen the new release from OU is that tailgating is back on Lindsay street. And for us, we, we've got a tailgate trailer. We tailgate, you know, pretty regularly. Um, uh, when OU took that away, I, it was really is one of those deals that they of course are building buildings everywhere, uh, where we used to tailgate down, you know, further South of the stadium, just right off Jenkins, uh, they, they, you know, kicked us out of there, built a new building there. Uh, we moved up by the Kate center and, uh, you know, all of that along Lindsay street, nobody ever get, you know, was able to tailgate there because they did the privatized tailgating, uh, through the university. Uh, how do you yeah, feel? They built,
0: they built a building there too.
2: Yeah. I mean, but how do you feel now that, I mean, obviously we're going to the SEC, uh, some of the administration and stuff has been out there to watch games at the SEC to kind of see how they do things. I don't, I, I think this is a great start. A I don't step think it's in the enough. Right,
0: step in the right direction. What's, what's funny is if you actually look at the map, I don't know if any of y'all have actually looked at the map where you can tailgate. The place we tailgate is not designated for tailgating. No, it is not. It wasn't last year either. It was three or four years ago. We were, we were actually on the map as being able to tailgate there but since they shut the Lindsay Street Street thing down it wasn't I made a few phone calls you know and they said well, we're not going to mess with you probably um, yeah but I, again I, this year they put the new map out we're still it still doesn't show it shows Lindsay Street and then um, you know the, the northeast side over by the duck pond or whatever area and then that's pretty much the only place that shows the tailgate so, yeah which,
1: but we like to live on the edge you know yeah. right on the right on the outside the law a little bit
3: well, I mean, yeah, we need I, to keep that we need to keep that location yeah, a little more disclosed. It's hush hush. We don't tell nobody.
2: Well, well, the deal is though. I, I I've reached out to you know the campus police and stuff and asked them the same thing. I'm sure Caleb has is and they look at it as hey, that's kind of a gray area that it's not saying you can't tailgate there, and, and really, you know, like the sidewalk is the you know they they deem that is not tailgatable. But the grassy area where we're at, they're like, eh, nobody really says no. So I think we're still in the good – I think It's
0: all set up till they kick me out of there. And obviously.
2: Then piss them on until they – Let us go back. Well,
0: probably not let us. But <laughs> oh, I don't know what I think about it.
2: The deal is, though, with the opening up Lindsay Street, I think the thing that's going to benefit the most is that Walk of Champions.
0: It helps. I think what they need to do they they've got to open up the oval.
2: Yeah, the south that, that oval's got to be opened up. Like
0: that's going to be a, that would be a great place to tailgate. And they've got the deal is it's got you know it's got big enough sidewalks. People can pull trailers, and you can you know drive your little golf carts down there to set your stuff up and not tear anything up. And maybe that's what they're worried about. I don't they're know. They're worried about their flowers.
2: Well be honest though, those those sidewalks They need that to
1: you, be worried about their fans.
2: Yeah, they need to be worried about their football team. Those sidewalks you're talking about used to not be sidewalks. Those used to be streets. Right. Before the the explosion, the guy that the bomb yeah. thing with the guy with the bus stop out there. That was all that was a street. And then they're like, Ah, we didn't like how close that was to the stadium and so they shut it down to through traffic. But it's still it's like one of those deals that Caleb's right. Yeah. It, even if you had to lug it out there by hand, that's prime tailgating spot. It,
0: it needs to be a centralized location where you get, you know, 50, 60 big tents set up and then all the big guys set up out there doing it together. And then you get that, you know, that. Yeah. tailgate feel about it you get Whether that S- get sec vibe sec vibe the grove and you know all the popular places yeah. to the swamp and all that stuff
2: yeah i mean the deal is is right now you've got that spot that's south of of the stadium right there off jenkins where we when we very first started tailgating and there wasn't many people there because <laughs> which again, would be you a could great tailgate on Lindsay at that time so everybody was on Lindsay and we were kind of down there a little ways from the stadium. Now that's kind of the only place that they can really gather and, and get a large crowd at, and but it's too far from the stadium. It's too far. Yeah. The players don't see it. You want the other? Uh, I mean, to me, I think the biggest <laughs> imposing part of it is is those those opposing team player buses as they come and drop them off to be Make if they were to if the they were on the oval, they're gonna have to go right through those guys and be there to see. They're gonna look them in the face and have to hear the fans and everything else. It it should start before the game ever starts. The OU fan base should be on top of these guys. Trash
1: talking. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So yeah, I'd like to see it look more like OU Texas, you know, like you say, when the buses come in and We we need we need next level tailgating as well. Gotta tailgate like a champion, you know.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think I think there's so much that can still be done. I think this is an, again a nice step in the right direction. Uh, big, big props to uh, Eddie Radosovich and his make Lindsey yeah. Street great again. Yeah. Uh, those <laughs> Thanks, guys, Eddie. Uh, but at the end of the day, that Sooner Scoop crew there—they were the ones that I mean, they were they were asking for, uh, you know, they were using you know Information Act stuff, asking for. For public information from the university, they were actually trying to dig down because Joe Castiglione uh, has been very vocal in the fact that he had nothing to do, has nothing to do with where we can tailgate. But they started digging in and was like, okay, then who is it? So that they could knock on the right door. And I think they've they've hammered enough, I think, with them seeing... What goes on in the SEC? I think this is a small step, and I think I think someone else that probably deserves a little bit of props is probably Brent Venables. Yeah, because I think he understands. Hey, this March of Champions thing, it's great, but it could be, it could be really good. You you could drop them off at the corner of Lindsey and Jenkins and make them walk down to the front of that entrance right there, where the Bob Stoops statue is, and they could walk amongst your tailgaters. And it could get. I mean, I think it could be really a, a bigger deal than what it is, and because you won't let them tailgate on Lindsay Street, you know, it's not. Big yeah, there deal. might be some safety issues with that though too. I don't know if they would make them do that ever. What do you, you mean? Don't want no, fans no, don't no want I'm not. Fans. No, I'm not saying the opposing teams. I'm saying our team. Oh, okay. I'm saying our team get to walk from the corner of Jenkins to yeah. the front right there. Uh, yeah, that's great as long as the people show up. I mean, well, I think once you opened up Lindsey Street, I think you're going to have a ton of tailgaters there now. But anyway, uh, that was you know just kind of one of those deals that I found really interesting this week. Uh, let's get to the 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 bad news. I guess is the recruiting trail on the the number one recruit in the country and Williams Winery. Uh, obviously, he he made his decision on Monday. Uh, that decision was Missouri, but uh, we've also seen throughout the week uh, he they had a scrimmage this week. He rolls out with all OU gear on, you know, gloves, all that stuff. Uh, makes the comment that you know OU's not stopped recruiting him. It was kind of you know this was the right decision for me right now. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on that? I mean, do you what do you what do you think? Uh, about the whole Williams winery thing, how do you how do you go about it from here forward if you're OU uh, as a fan? You know how does it
1: how do you perceive all this now that you have a little bit of time to digest it? Well, I hate that we didn't get him. He is the number one player, defensive lineman in the country, but he's just one guy. Uh, hopefully. Down the road he'll realize he made a big mistake and flip back to OU. But if he don't, it's not the it's not the end of everything. I mean we get I've never been this way before. I get wrapped up in these these uh transfers, you know, and their decisions and it's kind of a letdown, but you know, he it's his decision to make. Uh <laughs> We still got good players here. We'll probably bring in a couple of more. We're okay. Good. I, mean, I think
0: you keep recruiting him for sure. I mean, you, you can't put all your all your energy into him. I, do I think we get him? Probably not. I think it's a done deal. I mean, even if Missouri goes and has a bad season, loses a coach, whatever, he didn't go to Missouri to go win and, and really compete. He went to Missouri for other reasons, and those reasons aren't going to go away. Um, so I think you, you keep you keep in his ear. You keep trying to trying to get him, and if he wants to, to flip and come to you, great. If he doesn't, I mean, you, you still have got you know, four or five guys that you can go get. Um, you get two or three of them, and you're set still. I mean, I, th- I think, you know, like Dad said, he's just one guy. He's not going to make or break your team. It would be great to have him, but – I'd rather have three of the other – give me three, you know, top 50 defensive guys versus one, the best in the country. I'll take the three.
1: Yeah.
2: Shane?
3: Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, it's. I wish we would have got him, but not too, not too worried about it. And you never know what's going to happen. I mean, again, we're trying to get into the psyche of high school kids with millions of dollars – potentially at stake and yeah, who knows, you know. So you never know. Might seem might seem flip, might seem him in a transfer portal in the future. We don't know. But I think we're good.
1: Yeah, I, I- was I was looking at some of the recruiting transfer portal where Bray Walker has, you know, he left OU. Yeah. We got him, he was a five star. He's leaving OU like a three, maybe a four-star, but did not pan out. You know, I mean, they're out there.
2: Yeah. For me, I look at the Williams
1: with everything.
2: I think – I'm like Shane. um, Predicting the mind of an 18-year-old kid is uh, impossible. Nearly, I mean, it, they they have so many things tugging at them. I'm sure, with all the things that that are going on uh, in their their lives and stuff, and especially with these uh, highly influential coaches and stuff tugging at them, especially him. Uh, obviously, he had uh, large amounts of money tossed at him. Um, uh, obviously, Missouri has a little bit different laws than Oklahoma. Yes, they do. He can he can take his money. Uh, st- the the day now. I mean, he can start taking their money now and uh, and as long as he... And, and there's some trickiness to that. He has to sign like a... Uh, financial aid. A, a financial aid agreement, which doesn't really tie him to the university. That's just so that the university can talk to him and, and deal with him without, you know, any repercussions from the NCAA. Um, but I, I look at it as... He's a he's a guy that I believe from day one his recruitment wasn't going to end until signing day. He's a Peyton Bowen. Peyton Bowen's recruitment didn't end until like two days after signing day. I mean, he, he ultimately – we all know his parents wanted him at Missouri. Uh, he's got a – he had to answer to a crowd of his peers that all probably wanted him at Missouri – but then again, he's going to have to sit here and watch this Missouri team. And when you look at their schedule and you look at that team, uh, you said it perfectly. You know the fact that he's one guy, right? He can't he can't fix Missouri. Well, the
0: best thing oh you can do is just go win. Yeah,
2: I mean, I mean that's yeah, I the
0: deal. Is I who, mean you, you go ten and two or eleven and one or whatever. That, it's, it's you a got a record. better chance of getting him. Uh, you can <laughs> at least come to him and say, "Hey, we're in a program and we are headed in the right direction. Uh, you come play in the best conference. Still, we got a pretty good check here waiting for you, and you have a chance to compete. Now, yeah. will he take it? Who kn- like Who knows? You know.
2: Speaking of the check, the the deal is is obviously Oklahoma and the collectives and stuff for the NIL. They put together a really lucrative deal for him. It wasn't as good as Missouri's by any means, but it was it was on par with what Georgia had and everything else. O, OU's NIL is not in trouble or anything like that. They're they're doing well, but they're just – I think they're smarter than Missouri. Uh, Dinkowitz or Drinkowitz, whatever his name is, uh, out there. I don't need to remember his name. He's not going to be there long. But the fact of the matter is the coach at Missouri understood, if I don't get this recruit, I'm probably not going to make it through – the first four or five games, because he's going to drop one of those, and and so he his his job was hinging on I've got to get this kid in my backyard. OU though has all this nil money. I'm like Caleb. I I, I have this thought process of there are recruits out there like your you know David Stone, uh, you know Nigel Smith, uh, McKinley, uh, Koye do you take that NIL money and just say, you know what? You, you had an opportunity at the money. And do you go get these kids? And I think, I think the guy that hinges this class, it, it it has been my opinion from, from a while now, David Stone makes his commitment on the 26th, I think. And so it, when he makes that commitment, I think the I think they start falling. I think, the the Nigel Smiths come. I think I think that right there hinges, and, and you start seeing that. I think you take your your nil and start putting it towards like that long shot of McKinley and see if you can't get him to flip that thought. Right now, I, I think he's Texas bound, but if you can get him flipped, let me ask you this: Does David Stone
0: hold? If he if he knows he's going to OU, does it aggravate you at all that he's taken this long to commit? He yes. has
1: he. From what I've heard, he really enjoys the recruiting I get, I get
0: that I understand yeah, that. he's understand his... gonna
1: ride this baby as long as he can what's... he enjoys everybody pampering him and
2: what what's crazy about
1: David and he, Stone? Messes... he
2: better
0: if that's the case he better be worth the effort.
1: He messes with people too. I mean, I
0: know. I'm not even convinced he's going to commit to OU. I don't know.
2: But he's the opposite. His mom is the opposite of Williams Wenery. Williams Wenery's parents, his family, wants him in Missouri because they want him close to home. David Stone is at IMG because his mom wants him away from the crowd that maybe he was around. I don't know. I hate to speculate into that. She doesn't want him in Oklahoma City. She wants him away in IMG. IMG, if you don't know, is in Florida. Uh, The fact of the matter is, she is perfectly fine and and probably more more willing for him to get away from Oklahoma. I think I think for David Stone part of the reason it's been drawn out is I I agree. He enjoys the recruiting process. He is one if you haven't followed him on Twitter or X or whatever it's called now, he is a fantastic follow because he loves to troll people and it's the funniest thing in the world to watch him do it. And uh the deal is I think he enjoys some of that, but I also think some of it is is uh, kind of appeasing the family right now. Uh, I think at the end of the day, I think all of them understand that, that Oklahoma's probably going to be the pick, unless, again, we, we just don't know what's going on. Again, it's an 18-year-old kid, but it but if he's sick one, of it, I think once he, you're sick of it now, but look at the 2025 class, you got to be screaming and happy about that. I told but, you last week. I'm gonna be pissed whenever he commits to Missouri, and
0: I probably won't follow up for a while. So I'm done with it for now.
1: I can understand that. You're taking this way too 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 hard,
0: buddy. <laughs> That's why I'm set. I'll step away from it for a while.
3: Yeah, you it, know it's crazy. I I watched the Have you guys watched the Johnny e. Manziel documentary? Yes,
0: yes, most of it. Yes.
3: Yeah, yeah. And you're you're just like, how crazy that we went from a kid couldn't even sell his own autograph, his own sure. signature. You know, and now to where we are. I mean, it was just nothing in between. You know, it's just. I,
0: the NCAA has to be him. feeling like crap because, well, I, I, it just goes to show you how worthless they are. If you can go all the way back to Johnny Manziel and the stuff he did and that they should have known about and that just the the new, it wasn't like one little thing he did wrong. It was just Numerous things And they yeah. investigated Didn't find nothing So you know What's going on forever And then you have The NIL stuff Come out now And there's It's just out of control It's the Wild West It is yeah. So what, like They just need to get rid Of the NCAA And well, find somebody part, else To come in Part of the NCAA The
3: one thing A guy owns Is his signature You know what I mean Like yeah, I, All the other stuff Johnny Manziel did But the fact that Even a kid couldn't even Give an audit Sell an autograph You know Is, is crazy and, the NCAA and then, and now, has
1: always been that way. They, they, Some guys over here flaunting his new car and stuff like that. They come in here at Oklahoma. They, they nail Switzer. I think they had him. I don't remember. It's been a while back, but like 13 violations or something like that. And the worst one they had on him, Switzer had a kid that was homesick, and he bought him a plane ticket home. To go visit his parents. Yeah,
0: I'm sure there was probably more to that than that. but.
1: <laughs> well, I, I'm just
0: saying. That's I, what I, it I mean, read.
1: And all the rest of them. Do were... they
0: pick and choose what they want to enforce? Yeah. Yes, yes, they do. Absolutely. Yeah,
3: yeah absolutely.
2: Well, I'm, NIL, the thing about NIL is, is I, I'm like Shane. The one thing the kid have is, has is his name, image, and likeness. And that was the, the whole premise of it but because that's the NCAA, not what
3: they're doing yeah but no. that's the deal yeah, the NCAA, right. exactly the NCAA we'll didn't, you to play the NCAA so we, didn't want any we part, part of it from one extreme to the other
2: I mean, yes. crazy. the NCAA didn't want any part of it they're like I oh, the heck with it we well, just do whatever you want I guess because they they played the the you know tantrum throwing toddler in this deal and what you end up with is uh Alabama doesn't need their bag man anymore no. And that's why, and, and if you really want to get down to it, the truth of it is, is that's why, like, the Nick Sabans, the... Even you know some of these these universities that have been doing it for decades, LSU, all those guys are upset and hate NIL. Is because now our bagmen that were really good at what they did. Let's be yeah. honest, we said it for a long time under Bob Stoops. We just need a couple bag men, and he's going to win a lot of more championships than what he had. And, and the deal is, is now you go, hey, just you don't even need the bagman. Just openly tell them what they're going to get. And the thing is, is that, it's i hate saying it but the alabamas the oklahomas the georgias all of those those blue blood teams nebraska even you go to michigan ohio state they can't compete monetarily with like texas a&m and texas and then when missouri wants to they can pool all their money together and go after one kid and so this is the this is the stupidness of what nil has created what do, it really do you, So needed, you
3: think it creates more parity
2: oh i think it's i think most definitely for no the, i think for the rich universities it brings like the let's be honest but i mean obviously a&m is the the biggest uh like they're the, one of those teams that they think they've been really good, but they've never been really good. And again, they've they've proven that hey, we can throw a, a bajillion dollars at the problem, and they're still not any good. I think, sorry, Kyle. Uh, I think theoretically
0: listening. it can it could bring parity if it was done correctly, and 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 enforced. I mean, you see these schools; it's no problem for them to get a couple of million dollars a year in NIL money to to pass out to their players. If you was to put a cap on it, and say a hundred thousand dollars per athlete. They can – most schools can come up with that for each one of their players or at least the majority of their players. And then if you would enforce the, the bag man and get rid of them – got a lot of ifs
1: in there. Them well, ifs ain't it's there not right going to happen, I get it. No. Yeah. no, I think right I th- now it's, So is it, it going
0: to create parity? No, no, it's not. No. You're richer, you're going to get richer. You're richer, you're, you're going your, to your, get richer. Your small schools may get a, a guy or two. They may get a win or two here and there.
2: But – I think I they, think don't, have the, they don't have the do, money to compete. No. I, I think what you could do is this. If you did real name, image, and likeness, if I'm the number one quarterback in the country and I end up at Ohio State, and now I'm next year's number one quarterback in the country, and I look at Ohio State and go, do I want to go there? Because all I have is my name, image, and likeness, and I can sell it to anybody I want. Uh, if I go to Ohio State, though, I've got you know, Joe Blow up there, who's already selling his name, image, and likeness off of results on the field, but I could go to Oklahoma now, or I can go to where they don't have that guy, and I can go there and sell my name, image, and likeness. I think that creates real parity, as long as you're in a market that has the ability to do it. Now, what would kill are teams like your Bowling Green's they're not going to get – that's not going to create parity amongst Bowling Green because Bowling Green, you know, the Piggly Wiggly only has so much money uh, to throw out there. I I know, I'm making enemies. Uh, The Piggly Wiggly has only so much money to throw out there uh, before, you know, you can – that they they can't offer what, like, the bigger, you know, places like Oklahoma City where uh, Texas has Austin. Fort Worth, like SMU, that would bring SMU back. I mean, it really would because SMU can, they can sell these kids name, image, and likeness to some of those large businesses there and they could actually be, it could bring them back into the actual play of what things are are going with. I I think the problem though is right now, it's just what university has the, the deepest pockets as far as their donors go and that just so happens to be those Texas oil money. I mean, it, that's the song that we start out. Well, you know, crazy about a, Oklahoma, but Texas is so darn big. It's because they got all that money. I think it helps some schools out, Texas
0: A and M, you know. But I, I, your bigger, your schools with a bigger fan base are going to be the ones that really benefit from it. They're going to have, they just have more donors, more fans, more donors.
1: Yeah, if you're if you're a well, national, and you're
3: large, if you're national large national brand, you're
1: going to you're going to do okay. That, that, that helps.
3: That helps the Texas A and M's and the Ohio States of the world too. I'm sure is, is how many students they have that come through there every year. But you know, you, which just creates more opportunities for alumni,
0: donations. Can at, yeah, you can look at Texas A and M, and you can see that just having more money doesn't bring parity either. Because yeah, they, you know, they've bought the best class for or a great class for the last year. You still four got years, to develop. So they them.
1: Still suck. You still got to develop them, and A and M sucks just like Texas does. Well, at some Sorry. point
3: too, if you're a if you're a developmental program and you really are getting people drafted in the first round and stuff like that, you've always you've always got that on your side as well to be able to show guys, hey, we can get you some money now, but we can get you a lot of money long term, and so um, so that's going to be important. But I don't know. I'm I'm still. Uh, Still struggling with it all don't gives
1: like it. us a lot to talk about in the off season uh
3: yeah i guess so
1: i think one of the things that people don't think about
2: though that the, the detriments of what we're doing right now with nil is these universities rely on those big money donors to do like what is doing right now we're, we're building a new softball stadium loves field millions of dollars they've got money they're they're raising money right now to build a new football facility if those donors are pouring their money now at large portions and it has to be large portions of money if they're pouring it into paying players is it going to be harder for universities to raise money to build these buildings to to fix facilities and if if that's the case it becomes uh, you know it becomes a struggle then for them to well, do those things
1: well they they remodel these facilities, you know, and we would walk in there and go, "What you're going to remodel this? This is, you know, super good looking place." They use those remodeling and all the fancy stuff as a recruiting tool.
2: Well, I understand it that. was
1: basically doing the same thing, but now we're not pouring it into the building; we're pouring it directly to the kid. Well, I'm, but you're looking at
2: right now, like OU, right. perfect example. We just added on to that south side. We just redid the Switzer Center, completely remodeled. What five, six years ago? Yeah. And Brent comes in and says, "That's not going to cut it." Right. And says, "Let's go over here now, where the like the the track is and stuff, and let's build a multi-million-dollar, you know, facility." that is going to cut it. And we want to put everybody under one roof. And I understand why they want to do it. I understand the purpose of it. But the thought process is, is if, if donor number one over here has just poured $5 million into uh, NIL, is he going to have another 5 million that he's willing to donate to pour into facilities? Because at the end of the day, no kid's going to come to OU. I don't care how much money you give him. If, if, Texas A and M can afford to pay the player and build the facilities. They get the the leg up on teams even like Oklahoma because again, your your traditions and things like that only take you so far with today's youth. It's well, tradition just, don't mean nothing.
0: I mean, they, these they can, kids they don't. They ain't gonna know, who, you know, Jimbo yeah. Elrod is.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, that's what's frustrating about this too is that. That's my like I say. Donors, used to what they were pouring their money into benefited a lot of other people. You know, the the stadiums benefited the fans, the, the upgraded facilities benefited all of the players, the upgraded dorms benefited other athletes, you know. But um, that's, you know, I mean, you think Boone Pickens today, would he be putting his money in a stadium or would he be trying to buy the best players for Oklahoma State? I mean... I agree. Yeah, and so uh, I think you're right. I mean, I think it's the reason that term seed's not with us anymore right? I mean yeah. Um they uh facilities is a priority right now.
2: Exactly.
0: It's
3: an IL thing together. So um I don't but it again, I don't like any of it.
0: I think if you don't win like it. I think success is going to bring bring obviously bring more money and then more donors and better chance of upgrading the facilities. Mm-hmm. And I I don't mind sitting in an uncomfortable seat or being crowded as long as we're winning, so
2: I think I think what brings more money from from OU donors, it looks like, is uh, guys like Lincoln Riley to just get them really angry and and then they start pouring their money into it. Uh, I do want to talk to, about one more thing in the recruiting deal. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys all saw it. Did y'all see the Xavier Robinson clip where he's he's running and the kid tries to tackle him and he just slings him around? He, is, he looks
3: like Marshawn Lynch. Yes. Just goes beast mode on it. Yeah.
2: Is that not a test? Again, we, we talk about we got the number one running back in this recruiting cycle for 2024. Xavier Robinson's coming in and with the 2024 class. Uh, again, how great of a job has DeMarco Murray done uh, as far as just his recruiting and things like that uh, to, to what he's done this season? And then he's already in the 2025 class looking at, He's he's high on some of these guys' lists, so
1: the Marcos done a great job.
0: Yeah, we won't, we probably won't have him much longer. So,
1: well, why does everybody say that? Because most people want to go be a head coach. Well, I know that, but let him go be a head coach when that time's come. We'll say bye. But right now, he's at OU. Okay. Well, I'm a realist. We're pro- I mean,
0: as good a job as he's done, somebody's going to come knocking on the door for him before too long. Nah. Will he take it? I
2: don't know. Will it be Brent? I don't know. I think he's. I think he's the next OU offensive coordinator. If you really want to get down to it, I, I've got him pegged as that. And the reason I say that, I think Lebby's the next guy that gets the head coaching offer. I think. I think Lebby's going to get one here in the next three to four years. I mean, he, he rightfully Let's so. See. If he can, if he can continue offensive prowess at Oklahoma for a couple more seasons. Now, I, I think people won't take the Dylan Gabriel era. Uh, and and run with that, but I think he develops a Jackson Arnold and and does some great things with that. I think you see Levy go get a job, and I think once he does, I think Brent's one of those guys. I I think, honestly, I think DeMarco Murray gets a real look at being an offensive coordinator. Obviously, he's a heck of a recruiter. Uh, He knows the game inside and out. He has done miraculous things with, let's just be honest, he didn't have the the running backs of like Samaje, P. Ryan and Joe Mixon. He's had lesser backs to work with. And, and that's True. not – I don't think that's fault of his own. I think that falls back more to the head coach and the offensive coordinator uh, type deal with Lincoln Riley. I think some of that fell on him because I think Lincoln ran after – like he put his eggs in like one basket. And it proved it out here at USC with uh, – what's his face? the Tatum. With Tatum. In the fact that it was all, he was all in for Tatum, and then when OU beat him out for him, he was just like they're sitting there with their hands tied and like who do we go after? Well, they went who'd they go run to? They went to run at the kids, the other kids that Can't we've already gotten. Yeah, it just we and then they miss on those. I mean, so the thing is, is is Lincoln's one of those guys. I think he kind of hurt Demarco in those runs of saying we're going to focus on this one guy, where Demarco now is going to have a running back room and he's starting to build one. That's legitimate. And I think we're seeing, but I think in that, I think in the fact that he didn't have much, you look at what he did with the guys he had. I mean, look at, I mean, just look at last year and Eric Gray. Eric Gray was, everybody was like, eh, he ain't going to do much because he didn't do much beforehand. DeMarco gets some time with him, coaches him up. And by all stretches, Eric Gray was a star last year as he came into his own. I mean, he just – he became a star, not taking anything away from Eric Gray himself, but DeMarco had a big hand in that. Yes. Because you can see some of DeMarco's game in him and how he ran the ball and stuff and some of that. So uh, I think I I think OU as far as like – I'm like dad. I, I don't see DeMarco leaving uh, per se. I, yeah, everybody wants to be a head coach, uh, but I, I see him – Maybe sticking around. DeMarco, that's the thing, is he don't need the money. He He's rich from his NFL days. So it's not like he's got to go chase and try to have a job that's going to, you know, pay big and, and try to, you know, get something where he can retire and settle down. Uh, for for what I've read, DeMarco wasn't stupid with his money from the NFL days, like some are.
1: Well, it may turn out to be like Bedenboe. Bedenboe just likes living – in Oklahoma. Well, uh, he likes coaching in Oklahoma.
0: Right, I, I get that. Maybe he does. I don't know, but
1: right. my, my point is well. he's such a good coach somebody's going to come after him. They're going to come looking, but hopefully he'll stay. But I and If he doesn't, oh well, we I mean, not no the jinx. end not the world. Last week it was Cody about you know, we've got everything burning down around us, and this week's it's you trying to get rid of our coaches. Y'all are dragging me down. I'm just
0: ready to get the gum season going.
1: Me too. <laughs> What's right around the corner? It's the
0: worst week in the year.
2: Speaking of which, um, season's really close because they just ended summer camp, and the question I have for you guys is this. Summer camp being over, all the things you've heard, are you more – or less confident in what this team's gonna be.
1: I'm a still wait and see. I have heard nothing but good stuff about the defense, the offense. Everybody's talking about I haven't heard a whole lot of derogatory things said about anybody. I hope they're all right, but I'll wait and see. I'll let you know after week four. <laughs> After, after
0: week three last year, I was like, we're going 11-0 and or 12-0, and whatever, you know, after the Nebraska game, game yeah, yeah, and then it, the wheels fell off, so, and I, I, I mean, you hear both sides of it, you hear they're doing great, you hear they're doing bad, it doesn't matter until they get on the field and, and play an actual opponent, the first three games ain't gonna tell us much.
1: At the start of this show, you said we have no insider information and we do not. But I listen to a lot of people that do have inside information. Well, and I have, have come to do. the conclusion that they don't know any more about this than we do, especially after Williams and Wernary when when didn't show up. So when they're sitting there talking about how good we look on offense and how much strides we've taken and all that, I'll just wait and see. Our,
0: our offense looks great against our defense and our defense usually looks great against our offense. <laughs> what does that tell you? <laughs>
1: Parody. Um,
3: they're both I'm great a, or
0: both terrible.
3: I, I mean, you know, hope springs eternal when you're when you're in the offseason. Everybody's <laughs>
1: undefeated right I, now.
3: I was not impressed after the spring game. And then, of course, you start hearing all the news out of camp and stuff, and you start, you start getting excited, and you start believing the hype and stuff. But I'm – I'm, I'm still very very cautious. I mean I think our defense has to be better but how could you not be better? I mean that's not saying much we said that for but what
0: eight years now how can well, we not be better how can we not How be can we out?
3: not be, surely you put better athletes on the field you get a better product in year or two I would just think but but we'll see but I, I still as far as the offense goes I mean I still don't see that you replace Marvin Mims. I don't think somebody's. I don't think there's a, someone on that roster that's going to fulfill his production. I don't think there's someone on that roster that's going to fill Willis's production, and I don't think there's. I think there's guys who have a shot to fill Eric Gray's production, but that's,
0: that's the one spot I'm not worried about. Is running back,
1: the one I, I'm spot not, I am I, I, worried about is,
3: the, is, the is the one, tied in. Yeah, running back's the one spot where I say, yeah, you. Uh, w- we we probably can make it up. But you're not going to make up the other two, and that's if Stogner has a heck of a season and stays completely healthy. If he goes down or gets banged up, um, that's gonna that's gonna be rough. And then, like I say, I don't I don't care who does. I don't think you replace Marvin Mims. You you may get you may you may predict uh, made three quarters of his production, but you're not gonna you're not gonna get 100. percent I don't think. So I think this offense takes a step backwards. I think it i may be wrong
2: we'll see i think everybody's a sunshine pumper that i hear everybody and i for years i'm i've heard the sunshine pumpers tell me oh we're better on defense we're better we're better at everything uh oh, look at these guys these defensive linemen isaiah co is going to be a superstar uh you know so and so is going to be a super I, I i'm not buying into it anymore I, I honestly yeah. my honest thought is I'm going into this season. I'm expecting a uh maybe a six loss season and and I'm I'm aware of that. But I to me, I, I look at the whole thing, I'm like Shane. I, I see uh, one of my big concerns was offensive line. I keep hearing great things. They're like, "Oh, they've really settled in on some guys." Because beaten bow usually takes about three to four games before we see the actual. Usually, let's just be honest. What usually happens is the offensive line's terrible because he's trying to mix and match these guys and trying to piece them together. And usually we roll around after that first loss, and all of a sudden we're like, oh, look at the offensive line. They've really gelled. But the thing that never gels is that defense that's a sieve and gives up point after point. I'm like, Shane, if if that defense comes out and looks anything like it did last year, this offense isn't going to be as good as it was. One is the tight end room. The tight end room is terrible uh austin stogner is not Braden willis he's not gonna be Braden willis he's not gonna be as good as Braden willis and the guys behind him uh you know like the the well kid and things like that those guys they haven't even gotten on the field yet because
0: yeah one of them's on crutches the other one's got a club got a, a
3: club uh, and a- right.
0: nagging injury
3: so. Yeah. Hey, even though he got caught that pass with the club.
0: That was nice. I yeah. will say this. OU usually has there's on the years we think we're really thin at wide receiver, even really thin at, at H back or tight end, they've all, we've always got some guys that step up. I, I I'm not worried. Yeah, yeah, good I mean nobody nobody good knew outfit. who Dimitri Flowers was before you know, before that a breakout year
2: and then I'm not I'm not worried about wide receiver. I honestly, I honestly have great faith, and it's not in Farouk. I think Farouk's time was last year, and he just didn't seize it. I think I have great faith in the fact that Jaquez Petaway looks like he's going to play the part. He's bigger than what everybody thought he was, and that that's the only thing I can listen to that's true. He's a bigger kid than what they thought. Everybody thought, hey, he's going to come in. He's got great route running ability, all this stuff but he's not going to be big enough as a true freshman that guys like Key Lawrence can't push him off his route. If he's big enough to not be pushed off his route and stuff like that, he'll be fine. I I think that guys like uh, the kid out of Michigan, what's his name? Um, Anthony. Andrew Anthony. Andrew Anthony. Anthony. I think think he's going to play a nice role in it. You look at Drake Stoops, he's still going to do what he does. He's going to catch the underneath pass. Here's the thing that worries me. The thing that worries me is this, is we have a quarterback – that can throw the deep ball well, and, and he's typically on the money. We saw him do it time and time again last year. It just so happened that the guy that Shane touted in Mims uh, went through a game at, like, West Virginia where he couldn't catch a cold. Uh, you know. And then you get times where, like, guys just too many drops – I think that's not going to be the problem this year, but the thing we did see the problem with Dylan Gabriel was the over the middle pass, those intermediate passes. on third down. The third down. Fourth down. The third down eight-yard pass that's the slant across the middle. He could not hit that guy. He overthrew it too many times. And and it wasn't always for an interception or something like that. It was just he couldn't make the pass, and it wasn't the the receiver's fault. Can he – can he make that that leap to be able to do that and can he can he build a relationship with these new guys that can actually fill the role of Mims? because I think that's another thing nobody ever thinks about is you have a quarterback and you have these receivers but if the re, it, it's it's the perfect example is like you know Baker had guys that he, he was able to spread the pass out all over the place Kyler was great at that I, I think you look at Hurts. He was good at that. And then you come back to somebody like a Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler could not spread it around. He had his guy, and if that guy was not open, Spencer got happy feet. He got sacked. Now, he didn't throw a bad pass, usually. He didn't sling it over somebody's head.
1: He didn't trust his receivers, though. You reckon thing. Dylan Gabriel needs glasses?
3: <laughs> I. I honestly think part of it is not an option when you're first. when you're not a when you're not a tall guy when you're not as tall in the pocket kind of guy and you're having to throw over big offensive defensive linemen and the guys who are usually running those slants that are getting open for you on that third down are five five you just there's not a lot of margin for error it's not a huge no. catch radius you know what I mean like Had, that's the having thing. played I
0: quarterback in like, a few times I like, in my life, like, I can I like can
3: Gavin I like Drake Stoops but that's I mean, that's not a big target to throw to, you. and so, so it's a was, lot different when you're throwing when you're throwing to Jason Kelsey or somebody like a big tight end or something that's coming across the middle. So,
0: I will say this: the one good thing about our receiver that receiving core that we didn't have last year is Emmett Jones. We lost mm-hmm. Kel right at the beginning. I think that hurt tremendously. That, that'll amount.
3: be nice. Yeah, I'm curious to see what because he does. who like
2: who they replace Kel with last year? They replaced it with the uh, Ladainian uh, Washington. Ledanian Washington. Yeah, there's
0: a reason we didn't probably hire him as a receivers coach.
3: Well, he, yeah. he also he
0: don't he, I, he got I'm thrown into go, it. I'm not I'm not dogging him. I'm minute. just saying yeah. it's going to help having a full time receivers coach who's been there, who knows what he's doing, uh, who yeah. can coach him maybe better than what. Uh,
1: and recruit them too. Recruit,
2: well, yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously, but and I'm obviously not sliding Dylan Gabriel here. Uh Compl- I am. you can, no. you can I kinda, slide him. It's fine. I, I kind of am, but uh, at the I end of the day, am. I don't think I don't but think Levy.
0: I don't think Levy helped him out a lot last year. either. He's
1: he,
2: two thousand yards from being a top
1: ten passer. I know. You, you think s- about you s- what he'd been if he hadn't thrown them five thousand passes over somebody's head.
0: You said he's really great at throwing the deep ball. I think they they relied too much on the deep ball. Well, yeah. First, you watch. first, second, third down. Let's throw a deep ball and then punt, or first and second down. We'll throw the deep ball and then expect him to complete a a ten yard pass over the middle, and we'll only run the route eight yards.
2: Well, I think I think a lot of your offensive production this year is going to bank on the fact is Levy does he lean upon the running game because that's something yeah, I I'm, do I'm you better. To see that. Yeah. I, I do believe that the 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 running back room is a better room than what it has been. So I think like you look at that room as a whole if the offensive line is what they're claiming it's gotten better to be and that they've kind of gelled and this is looking like something that we need. Uh, So if that's the group that we have, can he rely on the run early on, first and second down, and let's get this into – uh, kind of some more manageable positions where even if you need to, because last year we – how many times did we go for it on fourth down? We didn't go all that much when you go back and look at it because why? Because we weren't in even a distance where you could. It was like third and eight. and because yeah, we and threw the deep ball twice. Yeah, we and threw the deep ball through. on first and second. And then, you know, it was fourth and eight because when it came up because and Dylan we'll, we'll scrambled for two down. yards. Now, the other thing I, I look at in
3: this – what about the RPO too? That's what I want to see because that, that's the thing. I mean, I mean, you know, you know, they were protected last year. You know that
2: there was nobody it was behind a him. little.
3: It was a little smaller playbook when it come to when it came to anything RPO. Well, you when, know that, and so I'm I'm curious this year to see does he uh, does he run more and and he's a nice runner when he has the ball. I mean that that Nebraska run was. Well, I mean Davis
2: nice. Davis Bevel was as productive as that statue of uh, Baker Mayfield out there in husband Bark. I mean that's a There's, the you,
1: there's you a tall quarterback. He was nine foot
2: tall and he didn't do anything. Like he couldn't I don't even know if he, he knew how to throw the football. <laughs> Like, he didn't do – so, like, the team even knew that. I mean, that's – we've heard from camp, like, when you hear the interviews of these players, they are so high on Jackson Arnold, and that brings me to my next question. And I think part of the reason they're high on Jackson Arnold may not be that Jackson Arnold's all that great, but I think they look at it and say, he's not Davis Bevel that's backing up, uh, you know, dylan gabriel here we actually got a guy that has an arm and can throw the football and he's not going to stand back there and hold it until he falls down um but the question then becomes is this i am a little bit critical of of dylan gabriel i still in, in my heart of hearts i believe the guy
1: uh is capable i've i've he's got too many yards tracked up I know, but I watched the. But I was watching the uh, spring game, and you can't put a whole lot on a spring game. But in that first two or three series that Gabriel was in, you know, I, four over th- balls too high, one thrown behind the guy. I'm like, God, I hope he gets better.
2: So, so what point? <laughs> at what at what point does he lose his job to? Uh, uh, for everybody That's okay. a good question At what point Would he lose his job Dylan Gabriel Lose his job To Jackson Arnold what to, At what point If you're head coach Do you pull him out
1: Okay Go dad You're gonna Hopefully Against Arkansas State And some of these First two or three teams We can get Jackson Arnold In the ball game Let him play Okay He's gonna get some Playing With the twos so. and threes Yeah, Yeah. we're going to get to see what he looks like in a real football game. So here's my prediction. Jackson Arnold shows up at Texas when we're getting our butt beat because of Dylan Gabriel. And Jackson Arnold's going to come in. Now, is he going to save Oklahoma? I don't know.
2: You're predicting the Caleb's
1: Caleb Williams situation here. I'm kind of thinking that might be what happens. I think he
0: he takes over at the point where Dylan struggles against an opponent we should beat. I think he gets a buy probably in Texas. I think he gets a buy in Texas, but if he struggles against, you know Iowa State or you know Cincinnati or whoever it may be. I think if he struggles, I'm not saying that the team struggles. If he struggles, that's when they replace him with Jackson. And you know why they're doing that? Because they're going to know gonna that say. they're
3: going
1: to need him when we play
3: Texas. I, I say no way. I say no way. Um,
0: <laughs> and you're probably I, right. I don't. Bruno, I think, Brent probably think, ain't going to do that. He's probably too I nice think, of a guy to do it. To be honest well, with
3: you. Well, I, I don't think it's just that. I think it's. I mean, I do think Brent values loyalty and commitment, and and. He wants trust with his players. I don't think Lincoln Riley cared or rip about trust with his players. Know. You know what I mean? It was, I was gonna, it was about me and saving my job. And I think for Brent and Levy and those guys, it's like Dylan Gabriel transferred to Oklahoma, came to work with Levy when the program was in bad shape. Dylan and, came to kind of they,
1: save, save us. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, he and he did. I mean, that could have been a really horrible, Situation yes. if he hadn't come, and imagine? I think we need to remember that. And I, and I think,
1: <laughs> yeah, we could have had so, Bevel all year.
0: Wait, no, we not uh, yeah, Think about that. is
1: yeah. playing quarterback so, all year.
0: Yeah,
3: but I, I really think they do. They value that. They're they're going to stick with Dylan Gabriel. I, I don't, and, disagree unless with he gets that. unless he gets hurt. Yeah, I and don't on, argue. I would. I won't argue. I, that. And I'll say this: if he if he gets a high ankle sprain, something like that, and he's not playing well and they have a way to pull him off the field without – To save some and pace. Kind of save save yeah. pace and, and pull him off the field and say, hey, but you're not playing well. It's injury-related. But I guarantee you one thing I don't think Brent's going to let happen, and I hope Sooner Nation will let it happen, is another Booing. Spencer Rattler, Caleb Williams yeah, that where, that, that where we're, we're, down, we're down 10 points and everybody's you – know, we want Jackson. I hope we don't do that again. But I think if we do, I think Brent – Will be on his press conference after the game, telling Sooner Nation, you know, I do too. Act like champions. Act like champions and quit acting like idiots. I,
2: my honest thought on at what point I, I'm, I I am in somewhat of agreement with that. I think, I think you're wrong on the the Lincoln Riley thing. I I think Lincoln was very much uh, committed to. Spencer Rattler. I think that was a relationship that he built. I think that's the first when you really get down to it, that's the first real recruit he brought in. And I think he was so committed to it for not for Spencer Rattler's purpose, but for his own purpose that he wasn't willing to give up on it. I think he wanted I'll I think he wanted him I think he wanted to succeed so badly. Wanted Spencer to succeed to say that I am the quarterback guru that everybody said I am. And I, I think he held back. I think I, let's be honest, the, the the team itself. It wasn't just the OU fan base that wanted Caleb Williams. Those guys wanted Caleb Williams on that team. There's there's no doubt about it. And and then finally, you just you did it in a point where I think he did it. I think he did it on purpose. Uh, This still is what boggles my mind to why Caleb Williams followed him to USC. I think he put Caleb Williams in a spot where he thought Caleb Williams would fail against Texas, and I think he thought he'll fail, and then I can put Spencer Rattler back in because – Everybody, all Spencer Rattler did was throw, you know, footballs and buckets from the top of mountains and things like that. And I'm going to put him back in and I'm going to coach him up and I'm going to make him the next Baker Mayfield or the next Kyler Murray. And I think that's what, I think that's what Lincoln Riley's thought was. Is I'm going to save face through this because Caleb is going to go out he's going to fail against Texas. He's not going to bring us back. It's going to look terrible. And then all of a sudden the kid comes in and magic happens. Sooner Magic explodes and he goes and wins that football game and he's left with nothing. And that's why you got a sour Spencer Rattler and then you end up with a Caleb Williams who thinks, oh, he believed in me so much that I'm going to follow him out to USC. I don't think so.
0: I think what happened there, I think Lincoln already knew he was thinking about leaving. He didn't want to play Caleb because he thought, if I don't play him, they won't see how good he is. And it got to the point where he had to play him. Cause if he he thought if I if I don't play him when I leave, he'll come with me. Oh, you fans ain't even gonna miss him because they ain't gonna know how good he is. But he had to play no. him against Texas, and then it and, just it, it just made it worse for him when he had to leave.
3: And he may have just been—I mean, I forget—you know—the year before he did the same thing, right? He pulled pulled Spentler off Spencer off to the side, got him calmed down, put him back in, won the game, and I think he might have been. Just intending to do the same thing, get him off to the sideline, calm the nerves, and you might be right, Cody. He might have just been—that's <laughs> all he was hoping to do. And,
2: I, I yeah, on, honestly hard. think that that I he was know. he was invested but, but, in Spencer but,
3: Rattler. We, we, we all know, though, Lincoln's not a—he's not a high trust, high loyal loyalty guy like Britt Venables. No, I mean, that's, that's a, it's a night and day. You know what I mean? So he's definitely I just not. Say,
0: How but, long before he bolts it somewhere other than USC?
2: Uh, the first time they have to play through the gauntlet of whatever they put him in as a schedule up there. If he gets, now don't get me wrong, stop. Here's the deal. It, now, with all these other teams joining with Oregon and Washington and stuff, yeah, he's going to get Oregon and Washington as well, part of a thing, cupcake yeah. schedule. Yeah. If you get Nebraska, is the toughest Nebraska team that you get. Iowa. Yeah, if you're getting Wisconsin. Yeah, was, but Nebraska, if, if you, Iowa, if if you have Wisconsin. to pick up an Ohio State and a Michigan once every every year. He, he's not going to like that. That's the, that's the truth of it. They can say what they want. Oklahoma is a far better job than the USC job, and everybody in the country, if you put truth serum in, Colin Cowherd included, would say Oklahoma's a better job. It, it's, it, you can tell me it's easy to, to recruit to the coast. Yeah, California. We got a hotbed of recruits down here in Texas. Far more coming out of Texas than there are out of California. We, we recruit Florida as well as anybody does. Well, the, the fact of the matter is, is Lincoln Riley left because he left all of a sudden when we said we're going to go to the SEC, and he said, I can't – his brand of football – not saying Lincoln Riley's brand of football is not. He, he puts out an offense that is amazing. And USC is going to win a lot of football games this year, whether we like it or not, out there on the West Coast because he can throw points on the board. We want a ton of them here. Now, some of them are razor thin edge because the defense can't keep up because he has no defensive I think prowess. He's a great offensive coordinator. He's, I, I he's a heck he's of a an offensive coordinator. He's a heck of a head coach if he's running the offense himself. But the deal is, he ran away from the SEC because he knew I can't play that brand of football all year long because my offense is going to get beat down over the time and my defense doesn't have enough to stop what they're going to do. And so he understood I had to leave. Now he's gone to another brand of football that's pretty similar to what the SEC does. It's a little more bruising, a little more. So he's going to have to find somewhere else. Where's the most finesse conference. He's going to either end up in the big 12 at one of these lesser schools, you know, the Oklahoma States of the world or something like that. And he's going to say, I'm going to, he's going to do the less miles thing. I'm going to make a name for myself even more. And I'm going to bring one of these back. Or he's going to end up out there somewhere like at a Florida State or a Miami because I don't think uh, oh, what's his face out there is going to succeed at Miami by any means. And I think that's where he ends up somewhere down the road. Now, do I think it happens overnight? No. Uh, but that's the type, that's where I think he is. Okay, I, I, okay,
0: I think he'll me... do all right in the Big Ten. I mean, he doesn't have to right. stop. Iowa's I going to stop itself when they play him. When it comes to Oklahoma
1: to and USC, on your point there, why do you go to Oklahoma?
2: Well, I go to I go to Oklahoma because Oklahoma is,
1: uh, as far as USC goes, if you just look no, at no, I'm, I'm asking you, Oklahoma. You go to Oklahoma because it is a good football school. It's rich in tradition, and they're probably the most winning football team since. One of them. Modern era. Okay. One of them. I mean. Okay. You go to USC because Hollywood's out there and it's sunshiny and good weather. And Got all and pretty girl writer loves you. Yeah. You don't go to. You don't. When they talk about USC, when Lincoln Riley talked about USC, it was the weather. It was about LA and all that. It wasn't. I'm going to usc now usc has been good in the past i understand that this is
2: oklahoma is one of the is the premier program of the modern era there's no yes. doubt yeah you look at espn slaps it out there all the time and people look at it and, and they think everybody in their right mind thinks about recent history but the deal is is you can think why do kids come to oklahoma you can think bob stoops
1: Bob stoops. Well my point went out is, and is, is you're not coming games. to Oklahoma because of the beaches or the beautiful weather or the you know beautiful rainforest and stuff. You're coming to Oklahoma to play football because that's all that's here. Agreed. Norman's a great college
2: town. It's it's, I, I agree it's with right that. off of a metro. There it has its perks. But I, I understand some of that, but the deal is is yes. Hollywood has its its glitz and glamour to it, and that's why Lincoln fits kind of in with that. Yes, he does. His, his offense is glitz and glamour. I I agree. You know, to say he made the complete wrong decision, uh, but at the end of the day, I, I don't think he did. Uh, and and Oklahoma fans at the moment when I, I was sitting, when I found out the news he was leaving, I was sitting in a. Me and Caleb were both together. We were sitting at a, a movie theater. Uh, fixing to watch Ghostbusters, the, the new Ghostbusters movie coming out, and it popped up and said, He's leaving. And I was like, And it wasn't LSU. And I was like, Holy moly, you know, what's going to happen? In that moment, I would have said it was really bad for Oklahoma. As I stepped back from it, not even knowing who the next coach was going to be, knowing that we're going to the SEC. It's probably the best thing that ever happened to Oklahoma. Now, does that mean that Brent Venables is the best thing that ever happened to Oklahoma? No, uh, by no means. But the fact of the matter is, is Oklahoma is going to have to change somehow, some way, because what Lincoln was doing was not going to be successful in uh, the SEC by any means, because he he couldn't for some reason. You know, I think out, his offense will be successful. I, he I think
0: would, he, I think he would have to have a. Uh, more vested interest in the
2: defense and in, in buying the defensive play. I mean, obviously his offense was successful against a Georgia team out in the Rose Bowl. And we saw us jump out to a huge lead. But again, you look at all it took for him was one half, one half of his quarterback, not playing as well as he could have maybe. And don't get me wrong. I'm not dogging on Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield had the flu during that game. So, Baker doesn't have the best second half, and his defense could not stop anything. And that's Lincoln's fault. Yes. Lincoln, Lincoln, he invested all his time, all his well, energy agree. in offensive players. He, skill position, skill position, skill position. He's getting five stars everywhere you look. When Lincoln, he's going to have a great recruiting class at USC this year. He'll have one next year. And wherever he's at, he'll have a good recruiting class. But it'll all be, you get banked the money on it, it'll all be skill positions. He's always going to have great skill position players. That's what Lincoln does. Yep. And, And so, for me, it's one of those things that I just look at him and go, he he's not the guy that we, you know, we needed for this transition, and so thankfully you got a guy like Brent Venables, and I I think still, uh, in my heart of hearts, I still think Brent Venables can. Just looking at his recruiting right now, you know, he's not where we're recruiting great defensive, you know, tackles. We're we're recruiting defensive ends that are stars. We're recruiting uh, great defensive players. I, and and still on the offensive side of the football, you go. Jackson Arnold was is a five star, right? You brought a five star quarterback in on top of what you're bringing in on the defensive side. That's important. It's it, he's he's more rounded in what he's trying to bring in, and I think that's going to play out well for Oklahoma. Um,
3: I say we. We make a pact and not talk about Tebow anymore on this podcast.
2: Let's try not to. I, I, can't, I can't guarantee anything. All right, we're going to move on. Kind of looking around the country and kind of things that are going on. Did you guys get a chance to even see the AP poll this week? I didn't see it this week, no. No, it was coaches' poll last week. The AP poll came Where's out. 20? Yeah, we were just one spot lower than what we yeah. were in the coaches. I, I thought it was pretty dead on. Again, we thought that the the, the coaches' poll was pretty good. Uh I, I think for OU purposes, I think it's dead on. I didn't see anything that, as far as, a difference that I I thought was, uh, you know, something different that I thought we needed to call out that much. Uh, another thing is uh, we got some Week Zero games coming up, uh this this weekend, and uh one of those is USC and San Jose State. Speaking of Tebow. Uh, And then we've got the other one is Navy and Notre Dame. And so I I wanted to ask you guys, we're going to kind of try to do something this year throughout the season as we do this podcast. Uh, We'll each take a turn in picking uh, the game and these two games this week, and we'll do a, a third game next week. Um but I'm going to get, let you guys pick it against the spread. So,
3: is, is, is somebody writing this down? Because I don't want any revisionist history. No, I'm writing it down. you Are
1: you trying to say that we...
3: I, I'm just saying, you know... I,
1: I know what well, you're I'm
3: saying. Not, my, I can't keep up with all your picks.
1: What I'm saying is go San Diego State and go Navy.
3: Well, obviously
1: everybody
2: wants the... Under-
1: Are those your picks? Legs. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: but... So, so the first game that we're going to discuss is, is San Jose State um, and USC at USC they, at USC and and they've got USC uh, as a thirty point favorite. I'm going to take I'm
1: <sighs> I'm going to take San Jose State and points.
0: I'm going to take San Jose State. I think it. Uh, I don't trust the 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 Lincoln Riley defense. I don't. Well, I think they'll score 50 points. I think San Jose State will score 38.
1: I'm okay. kinda with you. I think uh, okay. they'll get
0: out to a big lead in the first half, and they'll let San Jose State back into it in the second half. So you
2: got San Jose
1: State, Caleb? I do. What do you got, Dad? San Jose State. And points. You got
2: San Jose State with the points, huh?
3: Yeah. I hate to say it. I'm taking USC.
1: Yeah, there's the Tebow lover right there. We all <laughs> yeah, know. I mean,
3: they're at home. We know we know Oklahoma when he was here. They, they'll put up points. They'll put up points.
0: <sighs> they'll put them up and they'll give them up too.
2: Look, they, they've got the Heisman Trophy winner and Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is going to – Now, to how home. long – this is the question I have in my mind on this game is, how long does Caleb Williams get to play in that game? Because I've got Caleb Williams, if he if he only goes a quarter or two, which I I think Tebow's gonna, to, I, think,
0: I think he'll leave him in longer than that.
2: I, I think, think he, I think he by track record of here gone. he's let him let him go three quarters. What,
0: what's the Malachi kid Nelson kid? What's
2: he? Uh, he's gonna be a, a was he on the on
0: yeah, the he'd, he'd be on a, the team last year? Yeah, he'll be well. Was he?
2: Yeah, he he'll be a
0: or is he a freshman? He's a freshman, freshman, true freshman this year. He may get a quarter or two. He may get more. Terrible, I hope so too.
2: But uh, probably not going to be. I I think. I think I'm with you guys. I I I think I'm with Caleb and and Dad on this. I think San Jose State, uh, you know, covers the point spread. He would
0: have been a freshman last year, wouldn't he? Who knows?
1: This is first week, guys, to jump out and beat someone by 31 points, the first week. I don't care who you are. Caleb
0: Williams is probably that good to do it, though. He, yeah, he Caleb is
1: Williams that is that good to do it. I don't doubt that. But will it happen? I don't think so. And I'll They're probably I'll probably eat my words. It'll probably be 65 to nothing or something I think it like was Alabama or Georgia playing San win.
0: Jose State. I'd say, yes, it's going to happen.
1: No, I'm
2: changing mine. I'm going with USC. Dad just talked I think, me I to think, it.
3: I think when you have a Heisman candidate as well, somebody who might – Get back-to-back high I think sometimes you play them longer. You right try to you try, try to pad the stats a little bit. So I, I'm yeah. going with you, Shane. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going
2: face. I'm yep. going with USC. I, I think I just I just don't see how San Jose State stops them. And I think honestly, is their offense good enough to even test a defense? I mean, just like at OU, we looked like superstar defenses. He looks
3: pretty good against inferior opponents. Yeah, Yeah,
2: inferior opponents. So uh, I'm going to go with that. Uh, The next game we have on on the slate for today, we don't get three this week. We only get two. Uh, We have a Navy and Notre Dame situation. Uh, This game is going to be played in Dublin, Ireland. Uh, So a neutral site. uh, That's home game for Notre Dame. Practically,
1: yeah. You're the Fighting Uh, Irish
2: yeah it, it it's uh Notre Dame is a twenty and a half point favorite in this game uh Caleb what do you got God,
0: so this is a tough one you're across the across the pond or across yeah across the pond i guess mm-hmm. um that it, usually when that happens you don't score a lot of points but and i don't know how good navy is. I'm going Navy. Screw it. I All just right. I don't I don't think they're gonna. I just don't think there's gonna be a lot of points scored. Although although college is different than NFL. If it was an NFL game, I would take I would take the under on it no matter what.
1: Who you got, Dad? Navy and the points. You got Navy and the points.
0: God, I'm gonna start off in the hole to Cody and Shane.
2: No. <laughs> Who you got, Shane?
1: <laughs> We've been down yeah, to them
3: before and lot. rebounded. I think I think with it being overseas, you throw in jet lag, you throw all that yeah. good stuff. I think the midshipmen are better suited to deal with that. I think uh, even they've been on their boat before. Man, they've yeah yeah they've not been great. Question: 20, Are they but are I they think,
0: flying to the game? or Are they going to ship it over there? No,
3: <laughs> the midshipmen are going to ride the boat over. I don't think so. <laughs> but uh, aircraft but, carrier, know, I mean, baby. We, we we know what option football can do as far as shortening a game, and so I just feel like if Notre Dame's, they're not going to be sharp, maybe, and because it's the first game of the season, you take in jet lag, you take all that, and then you you throw in a a military academy's ability to to chew clock and shorten a game. I, I, I agree with Caleb. I just don't think there's going to be a ton of points. I think they can I think they can hold them within twenty.
2: So for my myself, I I'm I'm the same way. I I, I got Navy and the points there, but I can tell you right now, I'm gonna go and make a bold prediction. I I honestly think Navy can win this football game. I, I think Notre Dame is overrated. Straight up, huh? Man, I, I almost, I, if, if it was a straight up game, I would almost take Navy, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm on the same boat as Shane as this, is because I, I think they're more fit to go, the dis, to travel, these guys, I mean, these guys I th- have I think got the
0: traveling plays less, and, uh, that, no. obviously that's a long ways to travel, that's not just traveling from Notre Dame to, you know, USC or where, I mean
3: they'll, have, they'll have time. There's going to be
0: time, to
2: that, but-, but let's be honest, these guys, these guys live on a different schedule. Those kids at the Naval Academy, they live on a different schedule than the kids at Notre Dame, they live on a different schedule like the Air Force, the Army, all of them. They live on a different schedule than the rest of these teams do. And obviously they they have to there's some some differences in ability to recruit and things like that, which puts them at a disadvantage when they play teams like Oklahoma, LSU, you know, USC, all those teams. But they will it's have gonna, a real advantage. It's going to feel like
3: right. a home game. It's going to feel like a home game for Notre Dame, though. Those those fans are going to be going nuts That's for true. That is true. the Irish, and so I don't. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. But I mean, they will. Maybe you can't even be Army right now.
2: So go
1: hey. Navy. Look, hey, which one was
2: it? Was it Army? It was Army. Army that dang near beat Army, us. Army came to a, a, an away game in Oklahoma Who in didn't Norman. didn't
0: dang near beat us that year?
2: No, we didn't get beat a bunch that year.
0: I said dang near. How many cl- close games were we in that we should yeah. not have been we, we in? We shouldn't
2: have, but th- that's the thing. Shane's right. Those guys, because of the option football, because of, of, of all that, they shorten those games so much that your offense doesn't mean anything. That Can is- you stop the option? And to do it right off the bat uh, that's that's the only thing notre dame's got going for them is it's right off the bat it's the first game out of the year so they can kind of focus on that
1: but again i think i think navy's navy's gonna be one of those deals i think uh, navy is more dedicated they'll be in probably better shape than notre dame and they're not
3: gonna win it though they're not
1: gonna win it. i don't but I, just, win I don't it. i don't need them yeah, no, no, i just no, don't no, no, i just, no, no, I just right. don't, don't, they're don't,
2: gonna don't, win it I got them winning. They well, right. went 4 and 8 last that's, year that's in case predictions. was
1: wondering. Yeah. Who yeah.
2: Did.
0: Navy? Yeah, yeah, I say, they yeah. can't even beat Army.
2: Who Yeah. Who they lose to? Okay. Come on. Well,
0: uh there. game number 1 they lost to Delaware.
2: Ah, well, that's going to stink. They yeah. lost to
0: Memphis. They beat East Carolina. They lost to Air Force. I still got Navy they in the They beat point. Tulsa 53 to 21. Boom, beating up on Tulsa. They beat uh, they lost to SMU, they lost to Houston, they beat Temple, they lost to Cincinnati, they lost to Notre Dame.
2: You know the what, what's the score game? of that game? Me I throw that out at me?
0: What you, have you made your pick yet? I already said I've got Navy. You going with Navy? Okay, I lost to Notre Dame 3532. So I'm feeling really there good. About you about there you <laughs> go, see, there go. you go. Now they we're actually, talking they actually didn't lose to anybody by more than two touchdowns, I think. They see I they lost to Houston twenty. 20 they're 20 not a get beat down school, man. They're, they're not gonna, get beat by three touchdowns. I will say that.
2: All right. So we've got our picks. Uh I've recorded them here in ink. And everything. No, I didn't even use a pencil, so we, we've got those. We'll we'll discuss who was right, who was wrong next week on on the pod. Uh, the last thing we got on the list here, uh, got we black got black
0: and white film, huh? Hey, what about that? Some black and white film. Who are we gonna yes. who are we gonna pick for the national championship? R- roll out the black and white. Dad. Wait,
2: wait, are we doing a national championship pick right well, that's now? That's for bonus points. That's
0: like what? you get five Whoa. extra points if you get it right. Oh
2: no, we're not doing no, that. No. Got to do it oh, right now. On. Who you got your national champion? Come on, let's do it. I, I oh, agree. Come
0: on. Give us a week. Give us a week. All right,
2: you next week we have to pick a national champion.
0: I'll give you till next week. That's okay, we got till next week, so we can five kind of five extra points for a national champion. All right,
2: so the the last thing we got on this Quiet the last thing we got on this uh, this week's uh, pod is Pop's pastime pick. Uh, I, I asked you to give me a, a linebacker from Oklahoma, Dad. That was uh, one of the pastime
1: guys, and you you came up with a name. What is it? Well, already spoiled it. Jimbo Elrod. He was a member of the national championship teams of '74 and '75. He was all-American in '75. He had 20 tackles for a loss in '75. 44 tackles for a loss in his for loss in his career. Uh, he starred in the 1976 Orange Bowl, a 14-6 victory over Michigan. Take that, Michigan! Uh, that won their fifth national championship. And Oklahoma only allowed 202 total yards to Michigan that game. Wow. Jimbo, rest his soul, was killed in a car wreck. He was 62 years old.
0: All right. Well, that <laughs> that kind of put a damper on everything there. <laughs> <Kind> of, <laughs> that a lot. Look
2: well, this. I mean, it's, that happened. <laughs> I, I, I do enjoy the, the pastime pick. I didn't know who Jimbo Elrod was. Oh, he was
1: a good linebacker. <laughs> and I'm not – Guys, when I pick these guys, I'm not saying that that's the best linebacker that ever played at OU. Well, that's,
0: that's hard to, to – to No, yeah, that down, yeah. But he
1: on. was a good linebacker. And then, I'm saying
0: who's the best running back? Well, if you
1: haven't watched that game in 76 against Michigan – and, by the way, his number was 54. And watch number 54 in that Michigan game on a playback, you'll understand why Jim L- – Jimbo Elrod was so What'd well. He
0: twenty tackles for loss in a season.
1: Yeah, that's impressive. No, he bad. had yeah in one season. He had yeah, a, that's
0: impressive. A, uh, Forty-four for his career.
1: Yeah, and it really, Jimbo only
0: played two, maybe two and
3: a half. Yeah. people were pitching the, the ball backwards in those days too,
0: though.
3: Huh? That's <laughs> the people were pitching the ball backwards. That's true. Yes, this is true. Now, but Michigan, for a
0: linebacker to be in the backfield that much is no, but it's impressive. no, it's nice. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and, uh, I'll tell you what, though, in Michigan didn't, Michigan tossed the ball around back in those days. We beat them 14 to six, and Jimbo was a big part of that win.
3: Yeah. Watch it.
1: So, hey,
2: if you're listening to the pod and you want to know a position and want dad to do a pastime pick on that, uh, just leave a comment in there. Uh, I think
1: anybody got anything else we need to go over tonight? Uh, Yeah, I want to say one more thing. Uh, At the practice the other day, a guy walked up to the sidelines, pointed at number 34, and said, who's that guy? Which is P.J. Atabori. They say he is just a little, I'm going to blow a little smoke here. I'm not saying you know, he's pump gonna play. Pump platter. a little sunshine. Pump a little sunshine. John. But they say he is one heck of a specimen. I, there's no doubt he's gonna be good.
3: So uh, they said that about Parnell Motley too, didn't they?
1: Hey, Parnell, wasn't that bad? <laughs> nah, I'm, j- I'm, joking. I'm
3: joking. I'm joking. Michael <laughs> joking. Jones. You know, we, we, there's two we, people I'll so stick up for. We hear it every year, but I, I actually believe Parnell Motley
1: we'll and Little Jimmy Roy Finch. No, little Jimmy Stevens was a daggum <laughs> good field goal. Little killer. Jimmy Stevens, <laughs> is he still the career yeah, well,
0: leader in points at OU? Jimmy probably.
1: <laughs> probably. Uh, I think there's I several think of them barely went over the crossbar, but he made them. I think I know who it'll be, but
3: Pops needs to pick a kicker next
1: week.
2: They'll be let's let's yeah, we should do a kicker next week. So
3: I,
1: you know who I'm gonna pick for the first one on that. We
3: know you're going yeah.
2: Pick. yeah. yeah. Uh, so. Uh, another great week. We're recording this on August the 20th. Uh, it's, it's about 930 at night when we're finishing this thing up. So uh, if, if you hear it, man, give us a like, listen, a follow, all that stuff. We're on Apple. We're on uh, Spotify. We're on Google. So uh, give us a listen. So this has been Sooner Born and Sooner Bred. Uh, we'll catch you next time.
1: Check this so dog on me.